With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. gentlemen welcome to another episode of beyond the blade episode 101 mm. starting a new centennial of beyond the blade podcast i am your co-host chad needy menace is coming to you on free agency eve we're already getting a lot of moves start to leak out but as always i am joined by anthony chandra and bill shockey things are happening, fellas, but don't tweet that on Twitter because people will be angry. <laughs> <laughs> At least you learned your lesson, huh? Yeah, right. Now I know, right? Not to do that again. <laughs> At least <laughs> the second time around, you did it better where you said uh, nothing on Nyquist yet, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Even then, I felt badly. That was mean. That I, I no, but I, that's much better than literally saying things are happening and have 50 people. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I figured out right away and I tweeted that and I put my phone down. And then I got in the car, I looked at my phone, and I had like 13 notifications come in. I'm like, oh no, what, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? Uh, anyways, Some people though, just aren't ready for the fame. I know, right? I was talking to somebody, I was at, uh, before we came, part of this, I was at like an in-law's house, and um, <laughs> I feel like an asshole, but I pulled like the anchorman thing. He's like, oh yeah, I heard you on the radio, I turned around and I go, yeah. Kind of a big deal these days, you know. <laughs> he picked it up though. He was like, "Oh, does your house smell of rich mahogany?" I'm like, "Yes, exactly." <laughs> but I'm kidding. I'm 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 no big deal. Not yet. Not until not until I'm a I don't know some number nerd GM. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> At least I promise you a job still, though. I already tell you that. I know. I do appreciate that. Wow, so, cool. It's, it's because I can do Not that. Anything has earned it yet. Anything went on like three podcasts. He's got a huge job. I just want to be the world's best paid Zamboni driver. <laughs> I think that's we, too much to ask. We could probably do that. Yeah, that's not right. We can make that thing happen. Uh, anyways, all reality hockey things moving along here. There are there's a lot going on in the league, which is kind of crazy. So I'm gonna kind of run out some things, and if I miss anything, you guys spit things out. So we got so far we got Pervoski's getting paid a ton of money to go to Florida. Uh, Zuccarello is getting five years, six million to go to Minnesota. It looks like Duchesne is probably going to Nashville, but Montreal is there, but it seems like Nashville is where he's going. Uh, Panarin, now plot twist, looks like he's going to the Islanders, which is interesting. It's a breakout. All right, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, looks like Lee is probably headed for Montreal. Pavelski is going to Dallas. Did I miss anything else significant? There's mm-hmm. a lot more. Corey Perry to Dallas. Corey Perry probably to Dallas. Brett Connolly to Florida. Brett Connolly to Florida. And that's why the Panarin thing is really. Don Scoy to Colorado. Don Scoy, I forgot about that. Yeah. You said Myers you potentially to Vancouver. Myers is like, still feels like Vancouver. Yeah, they're going to pay him like $8 million, which is insane. 
Yeah, I mean, those are the big ones. You got little stuff like Smith and Talbot changing teams and yep. Barlamov potentially the Islanders. Um, and that's kind of what I have. Yeah, so, I mean, the big hand is Ryan, is Ryan Hartman going to Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Hartman traded, like, was he traded like three times now in two seasons and then and then was not qualified? I mean, he was traded for a first-round pick, you remember this, like a year and a half ago. A year and a half later, a year and a half later, he is traded again and not qualified. So, how the mighty have fallen, which I'm sure will be happening to me one day. Speaking of big deals, <laughs> I'll have my, I'll have my fall one day. <laughs> this is why you need me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's why I need you guys to keep me in check. <laughs> so, but I think interestingly enough, kind of what it doesn't give you right now is kind of the people you haven't heard anything about. Yeah, right. Which gets us to, I guess, we'll bring it up. I've been tweeting a lot. Uh, today and even recently for before we started here on Gus Lightcrest. There's been nothing there yet. Um, the Sabres have been in on him since the beginning is my understanding. And then now I believe they're one of the last few teams involved. Uh, I don't know who the teams are for sure, but I believe one of them is Vancouver. Uh, and that's just based purely on tweets I've seen out of Vancouver that people say they're involved there. So that's where I'm going with that. But I know the Sabres are one of the final teams and Lightcrest wants five years. I think the Sabres would like the term to be lower. So there was talk that they pay more to get that term down. So maybe if you want six, maybe they'll say, okay, we'll give you six and a half for three or four, you know, or, or some other kicker to it too. So it's, yeah, it's interesting. You know, he fits, Nyquist fits a lot of needs, I guess. You know, he's primarily a right winger and he can flip on that top line and then you can sleep comfortably at night, not knowing that, or knowing that Reinhardt, Skinner, and Eichel won't be your monster top line again. So. I guess that, that kind of works out for you in a way. Yeah. I mean, I think Vancouver kind of being the other team makes me feel even more so that we're on the right path to get them, I guess I would say. I mean, kind of what's Vancouver doing at this point? They've done a lot of weird things this offseason. I'm curious, com- like, complexion-wise, do we look that much better than Vancouver? No. To a free agent? Probably not. I mean, well, I mean uh, no, nah, I was going to say we have Jack Eichel, but they have Elias Patterson, right? So, I mean. Right. Because we have Darlene, Darlene Hughes, but he's not as good as Darlene. I think it was uh, Matt, Ben Matheson who said basically when he was looking, when it was rumored kind of that uh, Ristolainen might be in the mix to go to Vancouver in a trade, that looking at their lineup, he's like, this reminds me a lot of the Sabres. A lot yeah. of time and then like nothing after that that yeah. you would. Yeah, really. I mean, it, it's Besser, Pedersen, Horvat as forwards, and then it's it's Quinn Hughes, and beyond that, it's a bunch of yeah, you know? Yeah, really. But I think with Myers getting um, a stupid amount of money to be their top pair defenseman, which they'll immediately regret, uh, I think takes them out of wrist line anyway. So, which is good because it really wasn't. I, <laughs> I was trying yeah, so hard I'm, okay to out, I'm trying so hard to figure out a trade there with Risto. It, it wasn't working. I'm like I don't know, can I talk myself into Jake Bertanian? But you know, no, <laughs> not really. I was just thinking, like, would Benning give us Horvat? Like, might he? No. If anything, oh. I think you're more likely going to get Besser because they seem like they're not close on a contract. But even that right. still feels like... Which that in itself is nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you said, you just named four guys that are good. <laughs> Think about yeah. not paying one of them. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's like Carolina who refused to pay Aho more than like $6 million at this point. The reports That's are so weird. Insanity. Oh but whatever, nobody offers sheets anybody. So. There's a weird Dahan yeah. trade they made. Yeah, that Dahan trade. But then like they followed it up with that Hala trade, right? Right, which was great. Yeah, I don't know Carolina. They're, it's crazy season. Yeah, it's crazy season. It's crazy. They mean, Welcome. <laughs> and then what? They're going to make Leonard their goalie potentially, and I don't know. Season Leonard Mrazek. Yeah. Yeah. off could go to the Islanders. I don't think we mentioned that one. So that's a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving around here, which it kind of is expected. Which is why we wanted to wait to have the podcast at this point because you're kind of getting a lot of tangible things to talk about. A lot of it up to this point would kind of have been speculation if you went a few days earlier. Actually, that reminds me. There was one more. Where did he? I also beat on Brian Boyle, which for your rumors of last week or yeah. last couple of days, yeah, that makes me feel better as well. For yes. sure. Yes, keep keep him away from here. That was that's scary because like my my biggest fear, like I said, was you know they were going to sign him and then make him Patrick Berglund. Like he'd be your he'd be your third line center behind right. Middlestat, but like that would just be a nightmare. Yeah, no thirty-four years old on a multi-year contract that has bad news written all over it. No, thank you. 
So the one thing I think we should talk about before we get into more off-season stuff is the one thing that did happen, actually, and it was pretty awesome. It, it almost brought me to tears in my hockey life. <laughs> I'm so excited about it. So the Colin Miller trade from the Vegas Golden Knights to the Sabres for a 2021 second-round pick, which is actually the St. Louis Blues second-round pick from the Ryan O'Reilly trade. And then a fifth-round pick go the other way. The Knights had to get out of some cap trouble. For the third year in a row, Jason Botterill used his cap space as a weapon Acquired a nice player for the cheap, and that right side of the defense looks pretty solid now. And I don't know. I mean, Anthony and you, myself, even Kevin, you know, on Twitter, we're yeah. big Colin Miller fans. So it was for all of us, it was pretty. And Bill, I know Bill likes Colin Miller too. It was pretty exciting to get a puck moving defenseman who can give you some offense, who's pretty good defensively, can skate really well. He's not the best in the power play, but still you can do it. So it, it's an all around great move. Yeah, it's, it feels to me like the third trade, or I guess second recently, that uh, Sabres Twitter kind of willed into existence after, you know, Montour and even before that, O'Reilly. It's just one of those guys that you talked about for so long, right? And, and it happens. It's like, oh my God, like they did the thing. Um, but yeah, Miller does a lot of things, right? He, he, he gives them a little more flexibility uh, in terms of dealing Ristolainen, where now he's probably your third best right-handed defenseman at this point. Um, so are you going to pay your third best right-handed defenseman 5.4 million? Probably not. Right. So that kind of opens up a trade a little bit there. And then we were talking about it before the show, that weird soundbite that Jason Botterill had where they asked him point blank, did risk the line and ask for a trade. Yeah, and right. He, he, like you said, he almost said he was going to say no. And then something like went off in his brain. Like, why don't I make this really complicated and weird? Uh, he's like, well, you know, well, I'm not going to talk about that because any way you spin it, it's going to be, it's like, you're making it worse. You're making it so much worse, but no. um, Yeah. Miller all around. I mean, he's great in his own end. He's a fantastic puck mover. His uh, zone exit numbers are great. Uh, The one, I don't even know if you'd call it a concern, but thing that a couple people have brought up is his ice time. Uh, It's been pretty, you know, low, I guess um, in Vegas. So uh, there's the question of, how well will he handle more responsibility? I think he'll handle it very well. I mean, uh, I'm excited to see that ice time though. And that's he did. Thing, right? Exactly. You, exactly. Right. And, and unless we're talking about the Peters principle, right. Where you're promoted to your highest level of ineptitude. Like, yeah. I don't think, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Um, Guess so, yeah. another thing is if he's playing with Dolly, I don't think you have to worry about anybody. It, that's with that's a great point. That's a great point. So, yeah, I think it'll be fine. So a few things here that, uh, this is going to happen throughout the podcast, but there's a few things that have recently come out, which I'll mention quickly. Uh, one is Richard Ponick is going to the Washington Capitals, looks like, on a four-year deal just north of $2.5 million, which is an excellent deal for the Capitals. Yes, it is. I don't know. Definitely not a panic move. No, there you go. Well done. A nice rep- right. It's a nice replacement for Brett Connolly, and I, I think it's a better player, to be honest. So Cheaper. Yeah, much cheaper. Yep. M- much cheaper, and I think he's better all-around hockey player, so that works out for them. Uh, this one's a little bit interesting. Back to Panarin. Uh, Mackenzie just tweeted, the New York Rangers, by the way, do do not feel as though the door is closed yet on our on Artemi Panarin. Oh. So the Rangers are still in the mix, looks like. So interesting. Yeah, he's. it looks like he's going to New York in one. One of those two in New York, right? Is he going to join Kevin Durant in Brooklyn, kind of? Or is he going to go to his square garden where Durant should have went? So it's... <laughs> Artemi Panarin, my next step. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if Panarin does sign with the Islanders, they need to have – someone needs to do some sort of, like, Photoshop of, like, Durant and Panarin. Yes. And, like, an Islanders and a Brooklyn jersey. It will be very sloppily done, but I could try it. <laughs> <laughs> I did this in Microsoft Paint. <laughs> uh, Bill, yes. switching back to Sabres, Colin Miller, man. How are you feeling over there about that? I mean, good. I, I think really what it does is it, it opens you up for basically risk line to be gone. I know, you know, Dregs had the treat, tweet that said, don't expect them to go because uh, <clears throat> they'll just put them on a, a further, on the third pairing and, and they'll be good or whatever he said. But I just, I don't, I don't see how you don't move risk line at this point. I guess kind of, I don't know if you want to get into it now, but it, it gets into, well, you still got holes on your, on your forwards. And I, I don't know how you fix that. If we're seeing all these UFAs fly off the board, which I mean, really isn't a bad thing, but I'm just saying like, those are starting to go now. Um, so if you're making a trade and we talked about this, even in 
you know, podcast 100 at length, like, where are you going to make that trade if it's not risk aligning? Um, so I, I think it, it's the setup move that basically allows you to move risk aligning and then based on your return, you kind of go from there. Um, if they get an iQuest, you need one spot. You need a, you need a oddly enough, your second line center. Yeah. Um, and I just, I'm struggling with where they go to get that. Um, but I think obviously your, your big trade piece is Bristol-Leiden. It could be a combination of, again, Nylander, because uh, you, you're pretty good on the left side there um, if you don't expect him to be in a spot going forward. So I just, like I said, I, I think it was, a, it was a very good move for cheap. I mean, they gave up basically nothing for him. Uh, it, again, he's a, a controlled guy too, which which Batro talks about at length, um, being, you know, three years whatever it was, three and a half, four. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it, like I said, it sets you up now to go make another, another big swing. And then I think you're, you're kind of there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. You know, it's the, the hard part about this line and, you know, for me is it's, it, it really is, it, you know, it's kind of a soft market right now, which is unfortunate. You know, Tampa Bay is, was always thought as to be the main idea, but you know, he's kind of out of it. Now with you know what they're doing and the you know getting rid of Callahan and then making that trade for JT Miller, so that kind of seems like they probably don't need to make that move anymore to pay somebody to take out some cap space. Uh, I thought maybe they would again if they got Pavelski, but that's not going to happen. So don't worry about that. Uh, Vancouver was in it, but now I guess they're out. Uh, I wonder. Florida was talking to the Sabres about McCabe and Ristolainen, but if they're not going to get Panarin, they're kind of in a good spot with their cap, and then they're probably not going to move Hoffman. So like. I don't know. Florida always kind of worked for me because, you know, you mentioned the center and, you know, they had Borgman there. And I, I thought that's, you know, if you're going to take money, mm-hmm. you know, yesterday, the one thing I had tweeted about in a, in a thread with somebody is, well, fine, take Reimer, take Hoffman, and then for all taking all that money, take Borgman too. You know, and, and there's your center. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm kind of, as we're going along here, the plan keeps coming back to more and more just let Evan Rodriguez be your third line center and maybe hope cousins can play not this season, but the following. And that's maybe what their plan is. I mean, it's, I just don't see where they're getting a center from. And if they're not going to move Reinhardt there, then I, I don't know what else, what else are you going to do? Basically it's put Rodriguez at center and hope he can help keep set afloat and middle set, maybe take a step this year. There are worse ideas, right? This means that the, so, yeah. I, so I, I still, I still have a, a, a team that, maybe isn't totally dead on this Risto front that, that kind of, they were talked about a little bit early on and, and I don't know that then you can tell me if I'm, I'm out to lunch, but uh, I don't know that they've done anything to really take them out of the race. They've lost a lot. They're, they're set to lose a lot of defensemen um, this off season. What about Winnipeg? I mean, I know that he would be—he would not be the main, you know, the focal point coming back to us on, in this deal. But if you get Matthew Perot, who's still a serviceable center, like you don't want him as your second-line guy, but it at least gives you a little versatility there. And then maybe you get Ehlers, you know what I mean, as as the main piece, and then you take that salary back in Perot because Winnipeg's still very much up against the cap. I mean, they—they're—they have no room, and they've lost Truba. They're going to lose Myers. Um, there's uh, Ben Chirret. Like their half of their defense is gone, so I feel like the, there's still a possibility uh, that exists there that kind of stopped being talk, talked about for some reason. Um, and I don't, maybe you've got input on that as to why, but they still seem like a viable partner. Yeah, I mean, I had a suggestion of the, you know, I don't think you're getting Risto for Ehlers, right? I mean, that's that's I don't think that's. I mean, oh, you no, can no, add, you not, can not add more good Ehlers, but let's exactly. Like, what do you figure, Roslovic and Perot? Like that's not bad, sure. right? Yeah, Perot, I mean, while he's a cat dog, he's still a pretty good player. And he can just, you know, play in your he's fourth line cap. left wing, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I actually think they may have become the most viable, besides maybe still, I still think Florida is, is a possibility. Um, but I think they may have become the most viable trade partner for him, uh, given what we know now. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it, it just, it stinks, you know, and to go back to Bill's overall point, you know, that really is your best asset, right? So it's, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do there. It's there's, guess. There's, there's some days I wake up, Bill, where it's like, I, I don't think they're going to make the trade. Up. And then there's the next day I wake up and go, no, I'm pretty sure they're going to trade him for the season starts. It's just, it's so, it's so back and forth at this point. Well, yeah. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before the podcast is your left side right now. You got Darlene, McCabe, Pilot, Scandella, Hunwick. Pilot's out. Really rolling with 
what, Scandella and Nelson for a month or two, a month and a half? On your bottom pair? Or and here's my Stella fear, Morgan? too. Here's my fear, too. I was talking, you guys can chime in on this, or maybe you guys might pass out of being fearful of this as well. I didn't think about it, but, you know, if you're not going to have Pilot and Bogosian to start the season, uh, Marco Scandella is probably still going to be here, unfortunately. Ugh. So if you start pairing together your defense group, let's say McCabe stays, right? So your top pair is going to be Dalian Miller, you know, and then your second pair is McCabe and Montour. And then your third pair, who does that leave? Scandell and Ristolainen. Yeah. And, oh, you know, God, that combo sucks. Right. And in my head, in my head you know, I was talking to Kevin about this, and I said to Kevin, like, you know, I'm like, well, I mean, they'll be super shelters. I guess it's not the end of the world. And then he replied back with a smart thing. He said, well, will they, though? Like, yeah, we're really going to be the coach that's going to shelter him. Like, we don't know that for sure, right? It hasn't happened yet. Exactly. In a perfect world, exactly. they shelter him, right? Yeah. Right. No, oh my good... god. You know what? I, I I might need the code to the fear bunker there, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. I got it for you, buddy. You're more than welcome. <laughs> I, ho- I hope Miller is super conditioned and ready to go this season. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> that's also nine point four million dollars for your third pairing, which is insane. <laughs> oh man. Well, that's, that's the other thing, too, with the rumors today or yesterday. I don't know how they move McCabe now. Because if you move him, then you need two defense, unless you're playing Scandell and Hunwick, you know, for the yeah. beginning of the season. Yeah, but, I mean, unless you're going to make, uh, what, Nelson your seventh, right? Do you carry eight again? They did last year. Right. I, I don't know if that was a housing thing or if that was a battle like to do that, too. I, I don't know who was more about that. You know, I thought I wrote, I wrote about it, too. If you can get value for McCabe, there are viable, inexpensive third-pairing defensemen on the left side in free agency. Tim Heat is still out there, who, who I quite like. I know Hunt is gone because uh, Vegas extended him. But mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, Minnesota, 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 yeah. Minnesota extended him. Yeah, my mistake. But you guys like Jordy uh, Ben too, didn't you? Jordy, Jordy Ben, ben yeah. I like Jordy Ben. Yeah, yeah. There, there are still cost-effective options there. So I don't know that they're necessarily precluded from trading McCabe. I, I think he's one of two, like we've been talking about, he's one of two uh, NHL assets right now that are even kind of, you know I mean? I guess tradable on this team, unless you really want to trade Rodriguez, which I would hate. Um, I don't see how do that supposed- either, though. Yeah, I don't think so either, but I don't know. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, he, he, he's got to address the top six. When we were talking about it before the show, He's he's kind of and, and I think Chad alluded to it. He was he's a wild card Botterill. I mean he's gonna he could come up with a deal that you know just comes right out of left field. So I wouldn't count anything out. I think it's gonna be interesting. I think he knows he's got work to do. I don't you know think what? he's gonna trade for Callum Miller and be done. It makes so much more sense though. With the, just like I'm sitting here just like literally staring at the roster. If you slide Mitts up in between Olsen and Reinhardt and slide Erod over and you get Nyquist, you only need a fourth and a third liner. Yeah. It's much easier to get than a second line center. That That's completely and that, correct. And that's with Thompson, Nylander, Rusalainen, Gergensen, Smith, Asplin, like all of them on the outside looking in. Right. One quick thing to squeeze in quickly. Uh, Pagnota just tweeted that Duchesne is indeed headed to Nashville. Well, that's good. But we'll continue the conversation. Uh, but I just want to throw that in there. But yeah, it's, it, it makes sense, and it, it's the. I, I think it's the easiest option. Where Middlestat, if you play him with Reinhardt, you know it's kind of that you have Reinhardt as that, you know, support for him basically. You know, and it's. I, I think he always played well with Sherry, so I guess you can keep Sherry there. Or even you know, like you said, Olsen. You know, Olsen that sniper, and I think he worked with Reinhardt too. So, mm-hmm. it, it makes sense, and and you know, Rodriguez maybe is not an ideal third line center in a way. I mean. Then I say that another part of me is like I don't know, but he's kind of good, right? So is that is that really that bad that he's your third line center? I'd be so okay with it. I right. think he's better at center than he is on the wing. I agree. He's I good agree. on the wing. Yeah, and he's good defensively. Uh, yeah. You know, he he moves the puck well. He plays well. You can he, do way worse than that. You can. I mean, you, you can. I mean, like Vladimir Spoka. So it's oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Stop. <laughs> you bring the guys around the team. You're like, yeah. damn. <laughs> He's still here, by the way. He is still here. I think they're going to wave him, but he's still here. I'm pretty sure they're going to wave him because I don't think he really wants to be here either. So I still think that that happens. It makes me a little nervous, though, not going to lie. If you're going to roll Shiri, Mitz, Reinhardt, or Olafsif, Mitz, Reinhardt as a second line. 
they can do well, but I just, again, I, I just feel like we're back to putting guys there and hoping that it doesn't fall apart because if it does fall apart, you're in some trouble. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it feels like it last year where they kind of like, all right, we got Berglund. Hope it works out. And then when he quits the team, middle sets thrown in and kind of the wheels fall off. I think, I think though, if you're addressing, if you're addressing, you know, the, the wing depth, which middle stat, one of the biggest things with middle stat was his wingers were pretty terrible all year. I mean, his most consistent uh, two right wings were Oposo and Thompson, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're addressing that problem and you've got wingers who can kind of help him adjust, I don't know that middle stat as your second line center is as big of a problem anymore right so and, and i think it's just expecting him to take quite a jump is all i guess I mean, yeah sure, sure. but yeah. but i i think i think What's having your your you know one of your wingers go from you know kyle poso to gus nyquist i mean that that's that's pretty huge you know it's not ideal I'm, I'm i'm not trying to justify not doing anything there but i don't think it's necessarily the end of the world as long as you address the supporting cast right mm-hmm. which yeah which i think gets back to the larger point of there's no way he's talking um, yeah, right. I, I don't know. I guess, I guess just as kind of a, a rule of thumb for myself, I'd like to be over, not prepared, I guess. Well, yeah, I guess over prepared with maybe depth or support as you guys are talking about, then kind of hoping things worked out. And then if not, okay, let's hope Rousselon is really good or Thompson turns it around. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think you definitely need more at this point than what you currently have. Cause if you roll with this, Hopefully it gets better, but I can see it not getting better. Yeah. yeah. The center, I mean, the center thing is something we're going to come back to all, all offseason. You know, it's just, especially if they don't really, they don't really address it. You know what I mean? It's, I think it's going to be a big talking point. And don't uh, get me wrong. Like, okay. I, I don't want to, this is specifically next year only. Like, going yeah, right. Forward, right, 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 right. I, I think they'll be all right. I mean, Cousins, I think, is going to be good. Mitts, I think, is, is definitely going to come into his own. I think he will be really good. I just, it scares me for next year is kind of all I'm getting at. Right. I mean, it's putting all your eggs in that basket again, right? You know, I mean, we saw how poorly that worked out last year. So you kind of have that recency bias where you just kind of watch that happen and, like, it, did, it didn't work. And you don't want to kind of, you know, you went into this offseason and be like, all right, well, we can't rely on Middlestad as to be like our second line center. Right. And you get to August or, or training camp and you're like, ah, Middlestad's still our second line center, I see. So it's. God, it pisses me off. It just gets me back to the end of last year. Like, you could have, you could have freaking played with it. You could have put Reinhardt at center and see if it did work. Right? Or, yeah, or you can even just put Reinhardt Mitz Olsen together. Yeah. That's that's the most irritating thing, right? Where and the like, last 20 felt, games were useless. I would have felt so much better now about it, but now I'm going into a season hoping something works that I haven't seen happen. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Even even like you said, even if it was just for 20 games or if it was just for 10 games, I'd feel much better than seeing it in training camp and a couple of preseason games and going, okay. Against, against like, maybe like an AHL team you're playing, you don't even know what kind of lineup they're playing against either, right? Right, right. Yeah. That's frustrating. Yeah, I don't know. And, you know, I, I think we kind of went off a little bit. I kind of want to circle back on McCabe. It's something I, I thought about earlier is, you know, I know a lot of people like him, and I don't mind Jake McCabe. You know, I think he's a viable six left shot defenseman. I think you could do much worse than that on your team. He's a cheap, you know, contract if they do keep him. And I'm fine with that. You know, I mean, he has some injury issues, but it is what it is. But, you know, the thing is, their their left side. I think they're they're kind of loaded. If Honomik and Scandella are going to beat yourself this year, that's this season, and then probably I would think Jacob Bryson probably is ready to step up the following year as your left shot. Then you already have Pilot here. You already have Darlene here. So like, you know, it's it's kind of like your left side in a way is kind of secure. I mean, you have Samuelson who's coming, um, maybe. I mean, Ryan Johnson. I think is a left shot who they just. Drafted two at 31. That's another left shot defenseman. So, you know, they're left side in the system in general. And I think it's pretty loaded. So if you can get some value for McCabe now, fine. You know I mean? I don't like, I didn't like the Jimmy VC idea. I don't, I also quickly to say, I don't think that's dead by any means either. I think VC still a possibility for them, but you know, if you can get something, maybe some of that, maybe a little bit of a better player, you know, and use McCabe as an asset to get it, then, Fine. You know, if Mike Hoffman got you McCabe one for one or McCabe in a pick, then I'm fine with that. It's just, just McCabe and Rodriguez for Hoffman was the kind of end all be all there. I mean, you're talking about a guy in Mike Hoffman whose contract is set to expire at the end of the season. By that point, he's going to be nearly 31 years old. 
he's going to want to get paid or he's either going to want to get paid or he had a bad year, right? So one way or another, you're realistically talking about either it was a bad trade or you've got a 31-year-old who you're going to have to pay $7 million for probably four to five years, right? Mm-hmm. So trading Adam Rodriguez, probably your best cost-controlled forward asset outside of your you know, I mean, top six at the moment, uh, I, that just makes no sense at all. So what are you doing? Aspen? So you're hoping he's ready? Right. right. So it's, yeah. I don't know. Again, you're, I, I, and this is where I kind of agree with the kind of overcooked rather than call these guys up. It, like an Asplund who's, who's, you know, it's early second round pick who, what, you know, wasn't a first rounder who you expect to be here in a year or two. But I, I keep getting back to the Risto thing too. It's again, scares the crap out of me because if you don't move him this year and you do plan on rolling with Scandella Risto, if they're a third line and they're sheltered, your trade value is gone. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. So now he's definitely here for at least two more years because yeah, he's not going to get the play, power play time. He's going to be a sheltered minute. So what, I mean, what the hell is he going to do to have value? I, I think even if you have to throw in something else now, I think now is probably your best opportunity to get something of more value. Yeah, and, and I think the Con Miller trade kind of makes it a. I I, I want to. I got to be careful here. I don't want to say you're hoping for a, a worse return, but if you get a return that's not great, I think the Miller deal maybe softens that a little bit because one, it was a great, it was for nothing basically, and right. two, you know, you have his replacement here, so you don't have to hear that. Oh, great, we hit a wrist line, and, and we only got like if they get Roslovic and Perot, people are going to be mad. Yeah, that's a good trade. People are going to be mad. Like that's all we got. You know, and and you know, so I, I think having the replacement here kind of takes out that okay, we trade a wrist line and the return doesn't look that good. And, and we don't have a replacement. So now what are we gonna do? We're you know, having Miller in place already, I think kind of softens some of the blow because I don't yeah. know, I, I just I just don't feel like you're getting I think I said it already, you know, I don't think you're getting anything of extreme value with just wrist line. I think you need to put things with him if you want to get a decent a decent player out of somebody. Yeah. Do you think Buke said is actually an option at all? From Pittsburgh? Yeah. Uh, I don't know because... I don't know. That's tough. Maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of frustrating running on him last season, right? When he did get moved. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, Galchenyuk's there now, right? So what is that? How does that kind of shift the dynamic? I mean, is he just going to literally take Kessel's spot? I mean, I guess yeah. Kind of put anybody with Crosby and Melkin to be fine, right? So. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm just I'm back to now looking at Projected cap hit, Vegas, Arizona, Pittsburgh are your top three. I think that makes it difficult, though, if you're doing a risk line and trade, is you have to account for his $5.4 million. So right. really, you, you have to, to, somebody you have to take, take something else off with them and some, you know, I mean, you got to take money with it, basically. Hmm. That's kind of yeah. makes it difficult for those teams that are cap strapped. And that Welcome kind of brings yeah, it brings you back to Winnipeg almost, right? Where, where right. You, you can take Matthew Perot and he's yeah. still serviceable and you can plug him in in an area of need. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, that's <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's so tough with him, you know, like it's like I said, it's only a limited amount of teams right now, so it, it makes it more difficult. I'm not saying it's impossible, but just it makes it it makes it tough. So Either one or two things happen. He's going to have to try to run less as far as he can and take the best deal he can get from somebody, which never really is the best thing, as we saw last year with O'Reilly, but that might have been different circumstances. But I don't know your alternative, again, is do you bring him back and hope that this coach can fix him? I, I, don't, I don't know what's the worst alternative, to be honest. I don't know. I don't know. You know, Taking a somewhat lesser value where you're not going to get what you thought you were going to get just to get him off and that improves your team or keeping him because you're not going to get what you're hoping for, but then does it hurt your team? It's the ultimate catch 22. Yeah, but it's an opportunity cost thing too, right? Where even if you're getting less than you wanted, you're getting more than you will. Does that make any sense? Like this is still the most yeah. you're probably going to get for him unless yeah. you can inflate his stats, like in heavy, you know, just sheltered heavy power play time, right? And if I remember correctly, though, like at the end of last season, like didn't his point totals go way down when he was taking off the top power play? I mean, I have to go back and look at what happened. Exactly, right? So that that even, you know, exacerbates the issue where this is his the top of his market. I promise you, Ristolainen will not be a more valuable trade piece than he is right now. So take what you can get. 
and don't have a $5.4 million left right shot defenseman on your third pairing. Does yeah. he even get power play time? I think it's in the Miller second. Well. Second pair, will. Yeah, cause, well, Miller and Moms aren't that great at it. You know, so I mean, okay, if a exactly. coach is smart enough to understand the numbers, understand their, uh, all right, you know, that, that, especially if they're rolling uh, two defensemen on that, you'll have pilot wrist line and probably, yeah, right? right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Just checking. So it looks like quickly from Pagnota, seven years in the neighborhood of nine and a half million dollars for Bobrovsky in Florida. Hmm. That's a lot for a goalie. So, uh, yep. That'll take him to age 38. Wow. Nine and a half million dollars. <sighs> Tax free in Florida, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I guess they said all along that, you know, the. Uh, <laughs> Did you see Yost? Duchesne's eight million is like 20 million for Marner? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't see that. <laughs> that's uh, it's been fun watching Toronto fans, I'm not going to lie. One thing before we get off of the uh, Risto topic, we do have to talk about Tweetgate, where he liked his first tweet in over a year today, and that tweet had to do with him being traded. To Florida. <laughs> right. Yes, to Florida. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's, I, forgot, I almost forgot about that. That was, that was certainly interesting, you know, where that came out of. Well, one, you know, I'm afraid if he was hooking Twitter for his name that my tweets might pop up a lot, and that's <laughs> unfortunate. But, uh, it was like two years. Was it last year or two years ago when Rodriguez saw you say he's probably not ever going to be a top six? That it, was, was it was last summer, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you retweeted it. I'm like, he said, "Don't do me, don't do me dirty," or something like that. After <laughs> Evan, I'm sorry. He liked that too, though, so we were yeah. okay. Yeah, he's a Rodriguez. Also, I am. He's a good guy, but he's that was <laughs> that was really funny. He got me on that one. Yeah. All right. So at the end here, we kind of have an idea of who signed kind of who's going places, you know, everybody has their, their favorite idea, you know, maybe your guy already went, but let's, let's, let's do this. I mean, let me pose a question to you here at the end to have a little, a little fun as we end here. I know we have two questions too from uh, listeners. We're going to get to at the end, but I, I guess Anthony, we'll start with you. So the question is ultimately with what's left out there now. And again, it has to be realistic. Let's, let's not give me something crazy here. Uh, what is your realistic favorite option forward defenseman heck even a goalie if you want to go there uh, <laughs> favorite option it doesn't be just free agents too it's for free agency uh, for the Sabres to explore here over the next few days that you'd be thrilled about yeah I, I think you know now that we kind of know what we know and and we, we've kind of touched on on most of the you know options out there that that are realistic or, or make sense right um I, I think the best thing they can do right now within reason, I think you, you make a play for Gus Nyquist, right? And I know we talked about him a little bit. Um, you're, you're talking about a positive impact player um, for pretty much across the board. I mean, especially offensively, but, but really he doesn't have any negative impact in his game, you know, from an RAPM standpoint. Um, he, he performed well on two different teams, right? Who, who deployed him similarly, but not right. I mean, San Jose had a lot more talent, obviously. Right. Um I would be, I know he's 30 years old, right? And I'm okay with the kind of theory where you try to up the average annual value uh, while sacrificing, you know, uh, term. So if you want to go, you know, I think they were talking about uh, his anticipated deal with something like five years, five and a half or something in that neighborhood, maybe five years, six, right? So if you want to go three years or four years, seven, I think you can justify that for him. And I think that that's, the the path of least resistance, let's say, to addressing your top six without giving up anything you don't want to give up, um, and, and like we said, you know, the scope of of what you can get back for Ristolainen is maybe narrower than we thought, unless of course Botterill comes up with something out of left field. But if we're talking about things that make sense and that could actually happen, I, I do feel that that's probably, I think that's probably their best move. Oh yeah, Bill, same question to you. I'm going to have to go. Um, I'm going to go with my boy, Chris Kreider. That's a good one. Nice poll. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really, you know, actually, Chad, it goes back to what I always harp on when we get into the season. That's yeah, I know where you're going. Short, short-handed, uh, <laughs> <laughs> making being shorthanded a weapon. And uh, this guy can definitely do that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if you could somehow pull Kreider out of uh, New York, I think he slots in kind of wherever you want him to on the wing. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, he's, I just love him for the speed, speed, 
power play, penalty kill. He can do it all. Um, he's only got one year left. So, you know, it's another one where you can decide if you want to, you know, give him one year shot. If he works for the team, you sign him long term or well, not. Right. Uh, I think he's 28 sounds right. And I lost. Him. There he is. Yep, 28. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, you can work out a deal with him if it works out. And if it doesn't, then he goes on his way and becomes a, a UFA next year. And you figure something else out again. So uh, what do you what do you think they'd have to give up for him? Just out of curiosity, I don't know if, if I mean it'd have to be a lot, I would think, right? A lot, probably. Yeah, that's, yeah I that's think it starts with Nylander and gets. That's where I was at, right? It's it's got to be Nylander and at, you know at just to start. I think you got to get a roster. I mean, Nylander, McCabe to give him a defenseman. Maybe they're looking for still in on the left side, and I think there's got to be something else off your roster. Right? I just, I just don't thing, know what. Right? Yeah. I just don't know what it would be because it's not really. It, don't, it, almost, it almost feels it almost feels like they would say I, I need Asplund or Borgen, right? They, like right. So, it's going to be something significant, right? And you know, I, you know Chris Kreider is awesome, and but he, yeah, he'd definitely be expensive. I, I love that idea, though. I mean, obviously, I mean, talk about positive impact player. Holy shit! I mean, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that that was a good one, Bill. I'm, I'm a, that was a good poll. I'm impressed by that. He's he's one of my favorites too. I, I talked a lot around the deadline when there was. Rumors that he could be available. You know, it's a, it's, you know, speed kills, right? And so that'd be a nice, a nice addition. That's how I build my team. Speed <laughs> on the penalty kill and, and score goals shorthanded. Yeah, I mean, hey, goals a goal doesn't matter when it comes. You know, so it's. I mean, we've seen Jack Eichel do that, right? You know, when he's out there, he's he's Go threatening, figure. right? So a block shot and break away the other way. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, all right, so I'll end it here uh, with my guy. So we'll go with three different people here. It's somebody I've been on for. Sometime now. Uh, it's been kind of quiet on him, but I think with Matt Zuccarello uh, signing in Minnesota, well, he's a right winger, uh, maybe the potential of Jason Zucker is back in play. Well, I think he always was in play, but maybe it's hard to hear some stuff on him again. So, you know, Zucker, I think he's three or four years left, you know, at $5.5 million. Uh, he can slot right in in the top six. Uh, Maybe he can play right wing. He's primarily a left winger, which is kind of one thing I don't really like. But again, you can kind of make that work. So, yeah, I mean that that'd be the move. But again, it, it's what your what is your cost going to be? You know, it's it kind of made sense. Maybe thirty one and Nylander maybe would be able to do it. But thirty uh, one's gone now, and I'm not sure that Minnesota is really interested in wrist lining. It could be, but it doesn't seem like all the defensemen they have there are ready. So, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's really a deal to be made there, but I, I still kind of have him in the back of my mind as, as a significant upgrade, I guess, if, if he was to be out there. I mean, we, we know they're interested in him, so at least that they've talked to him, so it's 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 a possibility, I guess, but maybe a long shot, though. So. Real quick, before we get to the questions, we never really talked about goalies, and I know they're not going to do anything goaltender-wise. Um, I know we talked about bringing in the third guy, but do you, do you think with the upgraded defense that they'll just have better years? Mm. One of them, both of them? Are we still worried about that a little bit? I'm holding out hope that, uh, you know, because as we all know, goalies tend to bloom later, right? I'm just holding out hope that Allmark just kind of takes that next step because um, Hutton is what he is, and he's not young. You know, he's 34, I think, now. Um, so, yeah, I hope that helps, right? I mean, of course, it'll, it'll reasonably help. I mean, our defense was terrible last year, but I think the – best you're going to get from that tandem is probably above average which may be all you need um but yeah it's not it's not awesome a little bit of news dropping here to jump in quickly mm. at duchene nashville seven years here's a surprise 56 million dollars eight million dollars oh okay no tax state nashville yes. or tennessee i'm sorry tennessee they did it right yeah, they, they did it was, right. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. I mean, that's yeah. if Magic Shane would have signed the Sabres for $8 million, I'd be all over that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm sure he took some sort of team friendly deal there to kind of give them some opportunity to um, put some, you know, talent around them. And then also, you know, again, that being tax free state kind of helps. So it's. So if you're if you're adjusting if you're adjusting for tax, that would have been eight point seven AAV if he signed with the Sabres for uh, uh you know take home the same amount of money. Yeah. So really, I mean that's not still not that big of a deal. I mean it's interesting no, because that bad. is the same contract in eight years that Ottawa offered him eight times eight. So hmm. he ends up getting hmm. eight on the open market, which is pretty interesting. You make makes you kind of wonder what Montreal would have offered. Maybe it was more. Yeah. But it was. 
less. That is interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Well, Drager says expect significant signing bonus dollars, so that probably helps. Oh, okay. Well, then there you go. Hmm. Front load it, right? That, that, that yes, makes, probably makes a lot of sense. So, all right. So we should right. probably get to our two questions we have at the here at the end, Mr. Bill. Yes, sir. All right. So first one from Dan Lehman. If Kruger really allows Reinhardt to drive his own line and Botts doesn't land a second C, am I crazy to think that Erod could be a decent option? The caveat is that the strong left winger acquired instead of his second center to help increases the production on that line. Uh, we touched on it a little bit, but your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I think we talked about it a little bit, you know, with Rodriguez. I think that, I mean, if if ultimately the goal and what they end up doing is making Rodriguez their third line center, then, you know, I'm okay with it. I think Anthony kind of said it was the same, but I'll kind of let you guys talk for yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm fully in support of that idea, actually. I think he'd be fantastic there. Um, I think Evan Rodriguez is exactly what you look for in your third line center. I mean, I know there, you know, he's flipped between center and wing, you know, but I think I personally feel that he was a better center than he was a winger. Um, so not only do I think, not only would I be okay with it, I would fully support that. Yeah. I mean, so who do you think you throw on the right wing? On, on the third line? Yeah. Um, Please sign somebody, right? I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. I did, yeah. Well, here's the thing, too. Speaking of the right all wing, those guys that we have on the outside, do they all have to be left? I guess is the question. Nealander, well, who played the right side, and he was here. Right. right. That's what. I, yeah. That's what I was kind of thinking a little bit. Right. So, and, you're, and don't forget your natural right wing giant, Tage Thompson. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Oh God. I know he does. I know he does. NHL, but you know, I haven't given up on Tage. I haven't given no, up. No, I haven't on given Tage, up but... on him at all. I still think he starts in the. In, he should start in the AHL, but yeah. No, I agree. I think if so, if you you know if we're if we're almost going on the uh, you know premise that we're signing Nyquist right to to take you know that first line role on the right side right bumps Reinhardt down to two so he can kind of catalyze that line. Yep. Yeah, no, I I like Nylander rather as a uh, as as Rodriguez center on the third to start. You know what I mean? I think, you, I think that can think happen. Think about it. If you, I wrote about this when Nylander first came up here, they put him with Rodriguez and Sherry, and he did very well. Yeah, it, right. I'm going to tell you something from a, from a Corsi standpoint. Rodriguez and Sherry had positive impacts on pretty much everybody. Middlestat's best Corsi metrics came with Connor Sherry as his left winger. Yep. Away from Shiri, they they went from bad to like really really bad. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, he Shiri Shiri Shiri. I don't want to say he's underrated because that's probably not right, but he got a lot of flack for having a quote unquote down year last year when really he he was what he's kind of always been, like a a, good, a solid support player. You know, unless he's with Sidney Crosby, then he looks like you know a really great top six left winger, but. For what he is, I think he he yeah, Sherry Rodriguez Nylander line sounds really great to me because you have two uh, positive impact guys in Sherry and Rodriguez who can kind of I dare dare I say shelter Nylander a little bit on that third line even more so you know and then deploy it the right way. I I think that could work just fine. I was just gonna say so for fun. Does Larson need to be ready to play a lot of defensive zone starts again? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean Rodriguez can kind of do those it. Top three lines, I don't. I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're gonna have Nylander, though, it kind of cancels out Rodriguez' <laughs> right. defensive ability. Right. Yeah, and here's here's the thing too is they don't really. This have is kind of like why I like Donskoy as as an option to put him on Eichel's wing. Is I think you could have give you can give Eichel more defensive zone stars. I think he'll be okay. Yeah. Because of how good he can exit the zone, and same thing with Skinner. Uh, you know, and if you put him with a good pair to start in the defensive zone, then I think you'll you'll be okay. I mean, there's ways to get around that. So it's, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think you need to put Larson in a situation where he is an 82 percent defensive zone star player. <laughs> but you know, yeah. I mean, he's going to get the majority of them probably. But I think once you get him back to where his career average is around 40, 45 percent, I think you're fine. And then you have to give some more to Eichel, and that's just the way it's going to have to go. I mean, he's. The top center, and you know that that's the way it goes, man. And I don't. And when he did it last year, he wasn't that bad at it. I remember writing about it, you know. So yeah. he's he's shown the tendency to be able to do it. So just let him do it, and you know, make it work. All righty. Question two from C. Crofty. Kruger really allows Reinhardt. Or, sorry, wrong one. How much effort do you expect bots in to put into 
making the playoffs this year when it seems like his sights are set for 21-22, maybe met 20-21. Are those two goals even conflicting? No, they're not. I don't think those are mutually exclusive, you know, things to go for. I mean, as we all know, and we've talked about it at length, and I think, Chad, we've both written articles about it. Summer of 2020 is a summer of flexibility in terms of cap. I mean, I think as of right this second, what do they have? Four guys who are going to be under contract at that point, right? Maybe it's more than that now, uh, but it's not many. You've got so much coming off the books where I I believe that you can – I think the, the, the goal this year is – to, to get where they should have been last year, if that makes any sense, where they're a fringe team, right? I think mm-hmm. if they're a fringe team, you know, mission accomplished kind of in a way, you know, from a progression standpoint, and then they kind of put that icing on top in 2020 when they have all that cap room, they have that flexibility, you're losing bad contracts in Hunwick, Scandella, uh, if Saboka's not already gone, Saboka, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, whatever you want to do with Shiri, but, you know, he still carries $3 million. I mean, you've got a lot of money coming off the books right and then heck if you can find a way to get Kyle Oposo to Seattle I mean wow you're you're really in business so I so no I don't think those are mutually exclusive things but I also don't think he's like making a huge push to get there this year because he has to I think he will get two more years um barring something catastrophic you know what I mean like a last place finish then I think he'd be in trouble but yeah you got Bogo too coming off Bogo yeah, yeah great point yep but you got a ton of yeah, I mean, and to save the airwaves from literally repeating everything Anthony just said, I agree with everything <laughs> Anthony just said. You know, so we'll, we'll save the time and literally the repetitiveness of it because I think Anthony kind of word for word kind of touched everything I, I, I would say at the same time. Yeah, and I think it kind of gets you to get who you can in here now because then next year you have the flexibility to, to keep the guys who work and then go fix the rest that doesn't. Right, that's right. Point. This should be your... Like you said, your year to go, you should try to definitely obviously make the playoffs. Um, but there should just definitely be some experimenting with the new coach and figuring out exactly what works because next year is the year you pay people and you get this team to what they're going to look like probably for the next foreseeable future, I guess. Yeah, to, to expound on that a little bit, right? Botterill should not be making any kind of forced move, if that makes any sense, right? I know I'm kind of wording that weird, but he shouldn't be trying to – I mean – on the open market via trade, right? He shouldn't be doing anything that doesn't make complete sense. Um, because like we said, the, the, the pressure to uh, improve is there, but I think the pressure to qualify maybe isn't, if that makes any sense. I'm just trying to parse it all through my head. Yeah. I mean, there's no, it, it's hard to, it, one side of it, you know, I want to say there's, he should have some sense of urgency, but the other side of it, he really shouldn't because, you know, you just right. have to hire a new coach, right? So, you know, I, I've said this a few times. I think you have at least two years here. So, but I think that's kind of what you're going to see here. And I guess putting a bow on what Anthony's saying is I think that's why you're not seeing him go after UFAs now. Right. right. Because he has crazy ability, with it. Yeah. Right. Right. He has the ability to not go and chase big fish now. Um, because he can just make moves to make this roster better, see how it does with Kruger, uh, and then next year or two is when you start making big splashes because you got to go. So our last news to drop probably of the podcast, Corey Perry to Dallas, one year, $1.5 million salary. Ooh, I'd have done that. 1.5. I think I'd have done that. I like that. That's That's a good get for them, I think, for one year. Why not? Yeah, I mean, so they're adding Pavelski and Corey Perry. The Stars are ready to go next year. They are ready for their AARP cards. Yeah, Discounts on hotel. <laughs> Actually, a brilliant financial move. They're saving money. Here's another one. Sorry, i got to get this out there. From Renard Lavoie. Uh, hearing the AAV for Artemi Panarin could be... Huh. Did, you guys, did you see this? I haven't. I haven't seen it. Bill, did you see it? I saw it. Anthony, guess. What the, um, okay, I got, hang on. I'm going to block my hand over my screen right now because I've got Twitter updating. Um, uh, 12. That's stupid. 11 and a half. 13. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. That's bananas. Hearing AAV could be 13 million. Don't know if it's the exact number, but the biddings are high. And it's on the quote Jeez. tweet of saying Columbus isn't out of it yet either, and it's Columbus Islanders, Florida. Wow! So the Rangers—that's amazing. 
Well, maybe. It is John Shannon. It's silly season, but... I, I could see Columbus kind of circling back because they're losing everybody. Like, come on, man. Give me $13 million. <laughs> please. That's wow. Please help. Well, that's that's the thing, too. Everyone bringing up, you know, today on Twitter, like, all these teams in the East are getting better. It's like, well, Columbus probably isn't. <laughs> they have no draft picks. <laughs> yeah. They're probably toast for a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're starting goaltender next year is, what, Corpusalo? So, I mean, that's... Yeah. They had a good run. They had a good run. I mean, they got some good yeah. players still. They got Pierre Luc Dubois, and they have Atkinson, and you know Seth Jones still there, and Morenskis. I mean, they have players. Hey, I think that sweep of of Tampa will sustain them for the next decade. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, that's a good point. I mean, they do have some players there, but still, it's uh, yeah, that's a tough situation for Columbus. Yeah, I, I can't get over that Panarin money. If someone pays him thirty million dollars. You know, you know, Mitch Marner's gonna be sitting there like. Whoo, Fourteen million dollars, boys. Like, we've got to we've got to clip out that soundbite for future use of me going twelve. No way, that's stupid. Eleven. <laughs> that's crazy money. It has to be from Columbus, though. It has to be Columbus driving it up, or they're going. They have all this cap space. Pretty please take thirteen million dollars and hang out with us a little bit longer. <laughs> all right. So, free agency frenzy. Noon tomorrow is when players can officially sign the deals. Uh, I'm sure it's only 9.57 here on the East Coast. We wrap up, so I'm sure more will start to leak out through the rest of the night. I'll have my phone on alerts next to me, so while I'm tired, uh, I'll probably continue to drink caffeine and see how long I can go through the night because I'm sure stuff breaks through the night. Yeah. Uh, if anything happens at 3 in the morning from Jason Botterill or leaking, I'm going to kill him, but it wouldn't shock me because that kind of crazy things happen. So we'll see. It, it'll be a you – know, I don't know how busy the Sabres will be, but it'll – in general, it'd be a fun day, right? So it's, you know, it's hopefully we'll get some things, maybe even some trades here and there. Once some, once some dominoes fall, is what they say in the biz. Once we get some dominoes falling, we'll be uh, maybe get a few more trades out. So we'll see. Jason Bauer seemed pretty convinced that he was going to get some things done. Uh, you know, we didn't touch on uh, the low key excellent signing of Curtis Lazar. Uh, I'm half full. Oh, I'm actually I'm like completely kidding about. I was just say half kidding. <laughs> 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 that is your Rochester Americans first line center next season. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. But we, we did mention him a little bit, but still hopefully that's where that goes. And there was another guy too. There was a uh, defenseman. I can't remember who it was now. Um, John Gilmore. That's it. Yep. Who had, who had a good HL year, but it's like, he's probably an HL guy too. So a couple low key signings because Potter likes to do early on in the off season. He's done it with Tennyson and Griffith and, um, Wedgwood, the goalie they signed last year. So he likes to get some of those borderline guys earlier in the offseason, which mostly end up in the AHL. So, Ooh, one thing before we leave. Yes. Um, I saw, and it was just like, it wasn't like a, a highly substantiated rumor, but for the for third goalie, someone Mac, mentioned Maxime Legasse from uh, Legasse or whatever uh, from yep. Uh, yep. Vegas. I'd, I'd be cool with that. I don't know. Because you mentioned uh, Wedgwood, I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, I really wonder what they're going to do with because they have to get a third goalie. I mean, you know, Lucan yeah. might not be ready in time, so they got to they got to do something, right? So we'll see. That's something maybe to watch. And there's, you know, there's always. I mean, I don't know. It could be Curtis McLean, for all I know, right? I mean, there's they they can. I'm sure they can find one. Yeah, you can find one out there. Goalies are everywhere. I'm just kidding. Well, not really. <laughs> no. The way it's shaking out, no way Pominville comes back. No, I don't think so. I I think that boat's pretty well shipped. Yeah. Or sailed. So. <laughs> That's my new catchphrase. That boat has shipped. That boat has <laughs> shipped. <laughs> uh, good stuff. So we will wrap here with our usual closing. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at BTB Hockey, especially over the next 24. Well, actually, over the next week, probably, because they're, I mean, even tomorrow isn't the end all be all of moves or things that could happen. So over the next week, to see kind of how the roster shakes out here. Uh, Make sure to check out Dive of the Blade with the excellent content. We'll be all over Free Agency Frenzy tomorrow and any other moves that happen. Uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Speaker, iHeartRadio, Spotify, almost literally, literally anywhere you can find a podcast, we will find us there. So please make sure you subscribe, rate, share. Uh, any comments or feedback would be excellent as well. So for Chad and Bill, and Anthony. I almost messed that up. I, forgot, I almost forgot mm-hmm. to in there. I'm so used to Chad and Bill. Uh, we're going to be out of this week. Thanks for listening. Uh, enjoy the moves. And hopefully next week when we gather again, uh, maybe is one of our final 
discussions before we kind of enjoy a couple of weeks off going into the summer. Uh, we have some fun moves to talk about. So we'll talk again soon. Enjoy the next few days. Thanks for listening. See you later.